0: Future of Tech, hosted by Abishai Sharlin, Division President of Amdocs Technology. In this podcast, Avishai sits down with technology leaders and some of the most innovative minds in the industry to learn how they are disrupting the present and what kind of impact they foresee for the future. No topic is off limits, so sit back, relax, and maybe take notes because what you hear on this show might just be a glimpse into the future. Rick Riboli says that when you're trying to transform a platform or product space, sometimes you have to forget everything you know and start from nothing to build something truly innovative. And as someone who did in fact transform an entire platform and product category, Rick Riboli would know that from experience. Rick is the senior vice president and CIO at Comcast. During his time with the company, he was instrumental in leading the team that built the X1 platform from the ground up which has won numerous awards, including an Emmy Award for Technology and Engineering. On part one of this two-part episode of Future of Tech with Rick, he describes the journey to building that platform, what it meant to adapt to the new work environments when COVID-19 hit, and the importance of the customer experience. According to Rick, the full digitization of companies and customer experiences is on the horizon that success or failure in that digital transformation will come down to your understanding of your data. And he explains why tech companies need to lead and not follow and be open to change. Learn about all of that and more, including what it means to be a good CIO. And tune into part two next week for more about the X1 platform. Enjoy. Future of Tech is brought to you by Amdocs Tech. Amdocs Tech is Amdocs' R&D and technology center, paving the way to a better connected future by creating open, innovative, best-in-class products and continuously evolving the way we work, learn, and live. To learn more about Amdocs, visit the Amdocs Technology page on LinkedIn.
1: So Rick, happy to have you in the Future of Tech podcast. In today's episode, um, I'm joined by uh, Senior Vice President and CIO of Comcast, Rick Rioboli. And um, I think the best place to start, Rick, would be maybe with you sharing uh, how did it all started from your end? How did you uh, start your journey in technology?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks Avishai for having me here. This uh, This is awesome. So where it all started for me, I think, was I I started to geek out a little bit as a kid, and um, I think it all started with Commodore 64 computers and the Apple IIe computer. As a kid, I got both of those, I think, in my early years, played with them from a little bit uh, from a gaming perspective, then started to use them for other things, and little by little, just got really hooked on computers and what you could do with computers.
1: So for you, going to uh, to study computer science for the... Something natural?
2: Yeah, it seemed like a, it seemed just like a natural progression. It wasn't like a big decision. It was, um, I knew I wanted to go into engineering. Okay. My father is an engineer. My brother is an engineer. I think we all, I kind of grew up with like an engineering household where we were very sort of analytical people and like to solve hard problems. And then because of my interest in computers, kind of just went into electrical engineering and um, computer engineering. And that whole, that whole space just felt natural for me. Yeah. Great. And when did you join uh, Comcast? So I've been with Comcast now for over 15 years. And I remember when I first started, prior to coming to Comcast, I worked for a startup called RCN, which competed against Comcast. And I remember when I first decided to come to Comcast, I said, well, I'm more of a startup guy. I'll come to the company. Comcast is a big company. I'll come for a year or two. But I don't (laughs) think I'll I'll last more than a year or two in, in a big company. And uh, yeah, uh, this past March was my fifteenth uh, year anniversary. Right, and uh, ever since
1: then, it's a wild journey in Comcast. Uh, you've you've been through a lot, probably. You'll share with us some of it. So, do you uh, encounter today with the young employees joining the company and sharing your view about you know their next career move, or is it something too far away?
2: Yeah, so we we actually started a program. About a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago, called Junior Pipeline. And the whole idea with that program was to start attracting college students. Because a lot of times over the years, we hired, we call them Eng3s or Eng4s, Eng5s, like senior level software engineers. And we, we decided we really needed more diversity. We really needed to bring in more junior talent. We created a program called Junior Pipeline and started recruiting college students. And really a pretty robust, um, over the last year, year and a half, really a lot of our new hires were from, I'll say, uh, early career talent and, um, yeah, I've spent a fair amount of time talking with them and it's fun. They have a very different perspective and they definitely bring different viewpoints and different energy. And so it's been, been exciting to, um, to start to introduce a, a much younger talent into, uh, into Comcast.
1: Great. Maybe you should share with the audience, because not all of them are North Americans, a few words about Comcast and and what is Comcast all about? Sure.
2: Love to. Um, so Comcast is it's really three companies in one at the at the broadest level of Comcast. It's Comcast Cable, which offers high speed internet, you know, video slash cable TV services, as well as phone service. You know, we have a product called Xfinity Home, which does home monitoring and some degree of IoT, and then also mobile services. So it's really, I guess it's a five play if you think of it from that perspective in terms of all the services we offer to residents as well as business customers. So that's Comcast Cable. There's NBC Universal, which I'm sure most folks are familiar with that brand name, which makes movies and entertainment parks and cable programming or tv video programming and then the third is sky which again folks um other parts of the country or other parts of the world are probably very familiar with as well which is satellite tv provider and content provider
1: and when you joined the company you started where
2: um when i joined i joined as the head of video engineering in the cable business so i was running the uh basically the development team that built up all our video services for Comcast Cable. At the time when I joined, there was no Comcast NBC and there was no Sky. It was just the cable business. And uh, back then you were dealing with uh,
1: what, technology, products, both?
2: Yeah, at the time I was, my team was responsible for building up all the customer facing video products. So we were, we were building the technology for the, the video facing products. And at the time, our, our company strategy was we had just sort of completed acquisition of a lot of different cable companies. So we we're, were really focused on how to aggregate all these cable companies into one and then how to optimize the efficiencies of all these cable companies. From a product and technology perspective, I think we considered ourselves to be fast followers. We weren't leaders at that time, just as I was joining the company. And so most of my energy was all around scaling up video, our video products to customers and how do we take what was built for a much smaller Comcast and how do we scale it out to, you know, 23, 24 million customers. And so we had built at that point in time, really focused on a lot of technology around video on demand and how to create this massive library of of video on demand titles and how to build next generation interactive video products. And
1: today in your current role, how, how do you tie in, you know, so everybody knows that the CIO position is very technical and, and he needs to understand all the technology related. But on the other end, you need to speak to business people. How do you find the challenge of trying to mitigate between the two the business aspects of coming from, you know, the, the business divisions with the uh, heavy technology rooted into
2: our uh, field? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And sometimes I feel somewhat schizophrenic because I'll go from one meeting where I'm I'm having a great conversation about business strategy and where we should be going with the business and and having lots of interesting debates there. And I'll go into the next meeting and we are knee deep into an architecture around how we need to break our monolithic platforms and You know, migrate towards microservices and what our data architecture looks like, because data is foundational to all our architectural principles. And and so, um, I do find, on any given day, I'm context switching back and forth. But it's also it's also really makes the job fun, because I'm not really. And same for my team. Most of us aren't. My leadership team. Most of us aren't operating on just one aspect we're having to think about both sides of the equation in order to really come up with some good outcomes. And so it's what really makes it fun. I think if I was just in a pure engineering role, I would be bored or a pure business role. I'd be bored. Having to blend the two together, I think is where the, where it's more art than it is science. And I, and I think that's what makes uh, makes the role fun.
1: Yeah. As long as you're not in a, you know, Painting uh, pictures that no one can understand everything. Yeah.
2: That is the, again, that's the art is, is how do you talk to both sides and help them understand the, the other perspective? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, from, a, I would call it a more macro level perspective. How, how do you see the market evolving in the last several years in terms of the, the main powers and, and the changes that went th- through the market and how was it shaped lately? We, we're experiencing digitization everywhere. We're experiencing uh, many changes when it comes to technology. In that aspect, how do you see it? Is it something that is going to uh, continue and push the industry or is it,
2: are we past it or? I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I think um, just to give you an example with Comcast, when I had joined the company the only way customers contacted us as a company was you picked up the phone and talked to agents. And then if we couldn't resolve customers' questions or issues over the phone, we would send a tech to come visit you in person. And that was sort of our interaction pattern with, with our customers when I first joined the company. The amount of focus on customer experience in the last 15 years is, was first about Product and technology, and a huge focus on product and technology. Then it became about customer experience. And then customer experience led into digital because we felt like we could probably create the best customer experience. The more digital the company was, and the more digital the interactions, we felt we could create some um, great customer experiences that way. And so, you know, we were probably, if I was to give a high level estimate, maybe halfway through our digital journey. I think we've made a ton of progress over the last couple of years with digital and especially ironically during COVID, we, we really doubled down on a lot of our digital work through COVID and accelerated a lot of digital roadmaps. But we still have, still have a ton to go. So I think when we think about, when I think about that general space, I would say digital is gonna be a big deal for us as a company and continue to be for the next couple of years.
1: How did you find the COVID-19 affecting the way you work uh, organizationally?
2: Yeah, so we, we were all working in the office on Friday, and we woke up uh, on Monday morning, and the whole company was working from home. And what happened was it was an interesting time for the company is that we were just in the midst of transitioning to Microsoft Teams. And so as everyone started working from home on Monday, they all started to use Microsoft Teams, and we all went from being in person to video conferencing calls. And it actually surprisingly went extremely well. It was a hockey stick of usage in the Teams platform as we, as we saw that over the next couple of weeks. And what we saw was folks just went meeting to meeting and it all of a sudden it was camera on and video conferencing and everything went extremely well. And then within my team, we were really surprised because as folks were starting to work around the clock on a lot of different COVID initiatives, What we found was productivity actually went up. Our employee net promoter score motivation went up. And it's gone really well for us. And so as a company, the obvious question is, you know, where are we going from here in terms of working from home versus working from the office? And we're starting, we're continuing to work through all that and, and look at the different options as a company. Within my group, I can see us trying to find a good balance over time where um some work from home and some work in the office some sort of hybrid type of operation going forward.
1: Yeah. You touched um one angle which is the employees but what about the customer experience uh when looking at the at the interaction with customers did it change due to covid?
2: Yeah, so when we when when we first went into covid, you know, the first big challenge was we needed to get all our call center representatives working from home, our call center agents working from home. And there were certain parts of our techs that couldn't go into, there were certain areas, physical areas that were under quarantine where techs couldn't go into the homes. And so our first focus in terms of interacting with customers was, well, how do we get all those folks situated? And then how do we how do we enable more digital capabilities? So how do we help our customers help themselves with all our self-service tools? And uh, like I was saying earlier we really accelerated our digital roadmap pretty dramatically where we started putting more things online where they could address maybe some of more of their billing questions they could re- address more of their repair problems our initial reaction was let's lean in more on digital and we actually funneled some of our other resources from other areas to do more work in that space and so i think what you'll see from us over time which we i think we've, we're on a pretty good path right now but i think you'll see more acceleration in is the interactions with customers, digital interactions with customers occurring, whether it's through texting, whether it's telling customers that, um, you know, your tech is on the way and they'll be there in five minutes through a text message, or whether it's allowing customers to request a tech through a text message or through an app, helping them fix their internet problems when they're in their homes, using an app or using text messaging or chat messaging. So. We're leaning in more and more there.
1: There is a famous phrase saying, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Did you find yourself inventing new stuff during uh, those days or these days?
2: So during COVID, um, we we put a lot of work into accelerating a lot of new and interesting initiatives. One of the areas we worked on was something we call home drop-off. And what home drop-off was, was a way to help our customers where we couldn't have techs going into homes, we could help their cust- our customers get access to new products and services. So, what we would do is we would take the equipment, shrink wrap the equipment, drop it off on their doorstep. Customers could then take that equipment, install it themselves. We could have a tech literally sitting in the driveway while they're doing that and helping them remotely with the setup of it. So, just innovative ideas like that on how do we continue to help our customers during a time period where We obviously um, had concerns about, you know, text going into homes, for instance. And then another thing we really did is we we invested heavily into our Xfinity Assistant. And so that's our award-winning customer experience app. And during COVID, we added more and more capabilities into the Xfinity Assistant. We actually saw a 445% increase in the usage of the application which was fantastic, right? It's it's the way we're helping our customers uh, help themselves during during this time period. And um, so those are just a couple of examples of things we did during COVID. In general, if you look at
1: innovation as a whole, and, and we spoke earlier about the program you have with uh, bringing young people into the company, how do you maintain innovation spirit and uh, innovation momentum within such a large organization that you are running today?
2: Yeah, I think... The process that we developed a bunch of years ago, I think when we went through our transformation, I'll say ten years ago, twelve years ago, we started really bringing and it sounds cliche, but it's really true, we started bringing the customer first, and so we started we we didn't start with, say, a project or a technology. we started with a customer experience, and we said what 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 experiences are we trying to create for customers?" And we brought in UX designers which were key, and the development teams and the engineering teams working together. And the UX designers, I found, were really helpful because they would step back and look at the, the journey that the customer is going on and the experience across that journey. And they would lay it out in, you know, I'll say sort of an idealistic view of the way we'd like it to work. And then between the product slash business teams and the technology teams, we then try to figure out, okay, how can we enable that journey? And I think what's really important though, is it's very easy to do that exercise. And then, you know, what I consider to be like a big bang approach to implementing it. So, you know, one way you do that is you say you paint the future and then you say, okay, now I'm going to go build a bunch of tech that'll deliver that for you in two years. And that's, you know, in my experience, that's worked very seldom. What works really well is when you get the UX team, the product team, and the engineering teams agreeing on a target experience for the customer and then a target technology architecture to get there. And then we start to iterate our way there. And I think um, sometimes that's, again, a little more art than science on figuring out what's the right pathway to get there. But I think that results in a couple things. You end up with a technology solution that's evolving over time versus a big bang solution that gets you know, turned on in one day. And as you're iterating through on that path, you learn more and more about where you really wanna be in the end state. And so you usually don't end up exactly where you thought you were gonna be, but I think you actually end up in a much more practical and a better state in the end. And so that's, that's the overall process we've been going through and I think it's, it's gone really well for us.
0: for listening to future of tech if you like what you heard and want more make sure to subscribe on apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and if you have any comments or questions feel free to write to our host avishai charlin
2: directly on linkedin